do this, you have to let yourself be seen. If you're going to be free, if you're going to do this work that you've committed yourself to do, you have to let yourself be seen. So I have to tell myself that constantly. Um, But when it comes to how much to share, that's really important as well to have boundaries and to not push yourself, but not hold yourself back. And I think that that takes some practice and just some time to be patient with yourself. You're listening to Filtered Perceptions, a podcast that unravels our complicated perceptions about success and achievement by sharing unfiltered stories of growth and grace. My name is Siobhan John, and join me as I go behind the scenes of the social media highlight reels of creatives, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share honest and relatable truths about self-care, resilience, and creating a life that feels great for you instead of one that looks great to others. Let's start the show. Do you ever feel that your life is calling on you to express yourself in a bigger way, but your natural instinct is always to be quiet or maybe even hide? In today's episode of Filtered Perceptions, we unravel what are the things that keep us from wanting to be seen? And more importantly, how to learn to unravel those moments in our lives that'll help us tell our story and step up in a bigger way. To do that, we're joined by Gigi Renee Hill, who is an independent author, speaker, and advocate for self-discovery through writing. She's a candid voice for mental health and self-care and writes about the joys and challenges of living an authentic life and being a fully expressed woman. For years, I have been a longtime reader and fan of her work on allthemanylayers.com, where she has authored books, courses, and workshops to empower women to embrace all of the layers in their life creatively and shamelessly. Now, today's conversation is pretty personal because, as I said, I've been a longtime fan and reader of Gigi's work, but more so than that, I consider myself to be a quiet woman, a woman that she, Gigi, helps. She's written lots of work and even has a book focused on this topic. For women who are quiet but want to be heard, women who are still coming to terms with their own stories. Now for myself, I consider myself to be someone who is an introvert, I would even call myself a quiet woman as well, who's learning every day on how to come to terms with my own story, my own mental health journey, and learning how to love and accept all the things about myself. But above all, I'm a woman who wants to be seen, but I also fight an overwhelming desire at times to hide. Now in this our discussion today, Gigi and I unpack how to embrace who you are by looking within and how to deal with that tension of wanting to hide but still wanting to step up and be seen and to be able to share your work in a bigger way. So in our conversation, we talk about how to use writing for the purpose of healing, how to understand the difference between exposure and examination when it comes to how much of yourself to share online, We do a reflective exercise on how to learn how to begin writing your own story. 
and also how to learn how to deal with the difficult emotions and resistance that arises when you're reflecting on challenging moments in your life. Well, let's start the show. Hello, Gigi, and welcome to Filtered Perceptions podcast. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Thanks so much for having me today. I'm great, and you're welcome. I am so honored to talk to you. I've been reading your blog and your work for a few years now, so I'm just trying. I'm going to try very hard not to fangirl on this podcast (laughs) 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 because your writing it just it feels as if like I'm talking to like a mentor in my head, someone who understands me. Like we're going to dive into more about just how writing and how writing for you has become a tool of self-discovery and how you're helping other um, women do the same. But uh, I was just really, when I was putting together this podcast and just the idea of it, of you were one of the first people that kind of came to mind about the importance of um, just self-discovery and just kind of the things that come up when you're unraveling (laughs) um, different parts of yourself, especially if you're someone who is wanting to share your work or just step up in a bigger way, how how that process can be um, very vulnerable, but also very challenging at the same time. So sure. so definitely wanted to, to chat with you about that. So, so honored to, to connect. But for folks who are not aware of your work, you are an author, a speaker, and you have this amazing platform called All the Many Layers. So I wanted to start first with, like, let's go back to when all of this started. So how did all the many layers of the platform, the blog come about? Um, what's also the inspiration behind the name and what was kind of your intention when you when you started this? Okay, um, I started all the many layers in the state that it's in now in 2012. Wow, that was a long time. I didn't even realize it had been that long, but I had a couple blogs before that, but it was just very much my first couple of blogs were more a creative outlet and what didn't have as much direction and I didn't have specific goals for them. It was just really me needing something outside of my roles in corporate America and in my family and needing just something creative to get a lot of the things that were going on in my mind out of my head. And around that time, um, Blogging was becoming more popular because a lot, particularly long, um, among Black women, because a lot of us were blogging about our transitioning our hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like 2009, um, 2010. So that's what I was blogging about and just sort of the changes that were going on inside of me with that whole process. So I really, it just really stuck with me and it became a hobby that I wanted to turn into something more. The response I was getting was that a lot of women felt like me and needed an outlet for things they had to say, things they were going through that they didn't necessarily have in their everyday life. And I didn't expect that. I just really was being obedient to a pull I felt inside of me to just share. And sometimes that's how it is when you feel called to do something. You you feel uncomfortable and you don't know why you're being pulled in this direction or where it's going to go, but you just you just trust it. (laughs) You just like, I feel like even if not, you know, I wasn't even expecting anything to come out of it, but I said, what I feel just in the process of doing it is enough. Just that release was enough. And in 2012, when I started all the many layers, 
I was feeling really intentional. And I said, you know, this could really, I could really help a few people, you know, um, because like I said, the response I'd been getting when I was just kind of, it was still kind of a hobby was great. So I came up with the name, All the Many Layers, because I thought I'd been writing kind of all over the place and I wanted to put a brand or like a package around what I was doing. And it's so funny because in hindsight, I still really had no idea (laughs) where it was going to go or what I was, how I was trying to package myself. But I just knew that I was, that I needed to try to articulate what, who I was and what I was doing. So all the many layers after like many sleepless nights and you know, those, when you're trying to, when you're creative and you're trying to name a thing, it's so hard because yes. you just have, you're all over the place. You're brainstorming, you're scribbling down names and, oh, it's just, it's really hard. I feel like it took a, a like a really concentrated effort for like a couple weeks to come up with a name that I felt like would be evergreen and that it would stay with me and that I could keep with me no matter what direction my writing took me. And I, I came up with all the many layers because I said, I really want to, I don't want to limit myself. I want to write about everything under the sun all the layers of just being a woman, being an emotional woman, a creative woman, a passionate woman, all the roles we play, all the hats we wear, all of our conflicting characteristics. And I wanted to write about all of that. And I wanted to create a place where women who felt so all over the place like me could come and feel at home. And just like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I wanted my my website to be a virtual place where you could just come and let your hair down and be sensitive and be touchy feely and be very vulnerable and not feel out of place because I didn't have a place like that. I mean, with my girlfriends, I did, but I didn't have a creative place like that in my life at the time. And I just had been so used to holding so much in for so many years. I wanted to create a place for that. And so everything that I did from there started with that intention of just really creating place where I could just share vulnerable content that I, that I hoped I could over time really get better and better at, um, not only creating the content to, to get people to read it, but also to, once you create it, like having the courage to get it out there. Cause I'm kind of shy mm-hmm. and don't really want to talk about myself or what I'm doing. So, you know, getting it out there and putting it in front of new eyes, that was something that had to come along with that as well. That's amazing. Especially, I wanted to kind of unpack a couple of things that you'd mentioned there. So mm-hmm. um, so you mentioned that all the many layers, like obviously it started in 2012, like in its current mm-hmm. form, but you had done some blogging before and writing before. Mm-hmm. Um, so at what point, it sounds as if like writing has always been kind of a, a process or a, a form of self-care, maybe healing for you. So when did writing, when did you realize that writing was an outlet for you? Um, and in terms of one of the things that I love of what, what you do in creating that safe space with all the many layers is that it is a place for women to be vulnerable and to uh, walk on their own healing journey. So mm-hmm. writing for you has been a healing journey. So how have you, when did you realize that in that process that you can help teach others to um, take that healing journey for themselves using writing? Gotcha. So I think that for me, I realized that writing was a healing tool for me. Um, when I went, I probably went to therapy for the first time Um See, my daughter was born in 2005. I think it was like 2009, 2010. And I had gotten, I had, I had loved to write when I was a child. 
imaginative writing, stories, poems, things like that, um, song lyrics. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I didn't write, I didn't really journal. I guess I did a little bit, but mostly when I was upset, right? I didn't really think of it, of, of anything of it. And then college, um, just that young adult life, I didn't really journal at all. Again, only when I was upset about something. And I still didn't make the connection that I could use that to help me feel better. If anything, I just, I would, I would often feel worse because I didn't really know how to observe myself and my thoughts without judging them. But anyway, I guess we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that later. (laughs) But, um, in so far as healing, when I went to therapy, the, she said, you know, it keeps coming up that you, that you've gotten away from, from writing and reading, which is Mm -hmm. something that you keep saying, you love to do. And what sent me to therapy in the first place was I just felt like I just had lost my whole identity in trying to be this person that I thought I was supposed to be. So in her helping me get back to who I really am, reading and writing kept coming up. So it was right around then that I started writing and then soon after started blogging. And as I was trying to figure out what kind of writer I wanted to be, I knew I didn't want to be, I had a limited idea of how to use writing as a, or leverage writing as more than just something you do for yourself. I felt like I could help people with my writing, but I didn't see myself as an author. I didn't think I was a good enough writer. I didn't see myself as someone that could get paid to be a writer. And I realized that just what I was doing, like learning how to write to heal myself, it took, I'm saying it, it takes me two seconds to say it, but it took me years to figure that out that me writing to heal um, and to discover myself and, and to really get my life on a, on a meaningful path was something that I could share. That's something that I could um, offer to others. And, and it, it comes with your own, like it came with my own insights and just kind of what I learned from, from the process of writing and, and getting therapy, but it also came from doing the thing that I felt called to do and seeing what would happen. So, so much of that is just trying things and just feeling like so, so, it's so hard for us to listen to our intuition because mm-hmm. we, we don't trust it or we're scared to trust it. Or we think of times in the past where maybe we thought we trusted it and something went terribly wrong. <laughs> and, and my intuition just kept saying, do this, do this, try this, try that and see if anybody responds to it, you know? And so that's what I did. And, and when I first um, did All the Many Layers, it was soon after I, I started that blog that I, I think I reached out to a few women that had been really loyal readers and said, hey, I'm thinking about maybe throwing a course together. Would that be helpful? And if so, would you be willing to be my guinea pigs and to, like <laughs> try a few things? Because I didn't have any training on adult learning or, you know, and, and I didn't want to come across like I was trying to be a life coach. Like I, I really took me a while to figure out what I was offering in the first place. What am I offering? I'm not a life coach. I'm not a therapist. What, what am I offering really? And I learned that what, what I feel gifted with is an ability to, I'm very passionate about writing for, for the purpose of healing and, and I take for granted that this is something that comes pretty naturally to me. I'm pretty passionate about it. So I'm just like obsessively learning about it, obsessively doing it, trying to develop that craft and that I could use that obsession <laughs> in a positive way and teach other women how to do it. Um, and, you know, of course I had my doubts, but I, like I said, that voice just kept saying, well, try it, just try it and see what happens. So 
it was that whole process of just starting all the many layers and just continuing to take baby steps. Like, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to write, I'm going to write about different topics. And then it was, okay, I'm going to share how I came to certain aha moments in my own life and how I started identifying certain patterns in my own life and things like that. I'm going to start sharing those steps and that evolved into teaching it to other women. Wow. That's amazing. And I think just even in that process of just unraveling writing for yourself as a healing journey has definitely made an impact for other women. Um, And I think one of the interesting things that I love about your site is that you'd mentioned as well, like you wanted to create a a space for women just to be vulnerable, to kind of let their hair down. So that requires you to be vulnerable. Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You can't be like, hey, come be vulnerable. And then you don't talk about your own life or talk about your own experiences. So um, let's talk a little bit about that because being vulnerable just as a whole in itself, just for yourself with people you know is is challenging and can be difficult. Yeah. But when you're doing it, you know, online, when social media and for an online community, for it is a completely different story. So do you ever have moments where you have struggled with just vulnerability in your own writing or maybe had moments where you didn't want to share something or um, or I think one other words what I'm trying to ask is like, how much do you know how much to share of yourself with the world? Mm-hmm. And when is it time for you to pull back and take a break? Yeah, good question. And a question that comes up a lot. I definitely still have moments where I feel extra exposed and vulnerable and like, I'll look at something I've written or even just something in one of my books. I'm like, oh my God, like I picture a certain person maybe in my personal life reading it. (laughs) you know, like an old coworker or even a family member. And I'm just like, oh, what must they think reading that? Mm -hmm. And even though that still happens a lot, I have learned, well, I remind myself to detach from that feeling and that that's the, that's the price you pay to be creative and to be free, to, to be creatively free like that. And to really put out work that you can say is 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 really authentic and really honest and and what's the point of doing it if it's not then you have to really let yourself be seen so that repeats in my mind a lot you have to if you're going to do this you have to let yourself be seen if you're going to be free if you're going to do this work that you've committed yourself to do you have to let yourself be seen so I have to tell myself that constantly um but when it comes to how much to share that's really important as well to have boundaries and to not push yourself, but not hold yourself back. And I think that that takes some practice and just some time to be patient with yourself. I read something not too long ago that really put into words how to balance that. It's it's, it's spoke about um, exposure versus examination. Mm-hmm. So you can sit there and expose yourself in your writing, whether it's online, on social media, or in a book, and you can just expose, like, you know, provocative things, shock-worthy things. You can just run, you could just tell it all, right? Expose yourself, expose everybody, and, and what good does that really do? And is there a purpose to it? And is there meaning to it? And can there is there lessons learned from it? Like, is there any type of creative um, courage that it took to do that, right? But when you're an examined um, 
an examined life, right? I think the way the way it was worded was an exposed life versus an examined life. And I think an examined life is, you know, you're really looking at the stories of your life, the things you've been through for growth and for lessons and for opportunities to be creative and make your just finding that humanity in your story and that the, the universal lessons that you can share because we all learn from stories, right? So mm-hmm. I love, I'm very inspired by storytelling in so many different forms. So of course it makes sense to me now at 40 years old, like I want to be a storyteller. I, if you would ask me that 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, I would not have a, a story. No, like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a storyteller. Like, you know, if anything, maybe I journal a little bit, but I didn't think of my life as a story. Right. Or mm. that, or any, or one that anybody would care to hear about because we all think like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I haven't had this big, exciting life. So I'm not living a story. I'm just living my life. Well, all of our lives are story, all of our little mini situations that we go through are parts of this big story and we all learn from them and we're all just feel connected by them. Like I love, um, for example, humans of New York is an Instagram. It's one of my favorites, right? Like any, I always, always, always stop and read. I read every single one because I just, and there's not, it's not like any bells and whistles. It's just a human being and a little snippet of their story. And every single one touches me so much. It could be as simple as sometimes he'll just have like a little kid show, saying how excited they are about their new shoes, you know? And it's like, they all choke me up to make me want to cry. It's just, I want to, I guess, without me even knowing that's what I wanted, I want to make some type of meaning out of the little stories and dramas and happiness and sadness and things that I go through. And then I want to encourage other people to share more of their stories. Cause I think it just makes us all feel really more connected, find more meaning in the things that we go through that we think don't mean anything, but mm-hmm. they really do. Yeah. That is so powerful, especially what you mentioned about that. Instead of thinking I'm just living my life, it's lit. <laughs> realizing that there's so many different stories within your life and it's yes. not just about these sometimes big moments or even traumatic moments because I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we feel that maybe our story isn't worth telling because we haven't had maybe an adversity that's big enough where we we put right. ourselves in terms of this comparative struggle like I like to call it the struggle olympics where we're comparing right. our, our struggles right. to someone I've and say yeah where it's right. like well I have I've had it harder or or thinking I haven't had it as hard as someone else so I shouldn't even want to talk about what I've gone through because it's not as bad as this other person and um, not realizing as you mentioned that sometimes it's just finding meaning in things that we might think are insignificant but are actually part of who we are make up the fabric of who we are so that's a really powerful reflection to kind of think about a little bit more Mm -hmm. especially in this age of when we scroll through people's timelines and we're constantly comparing when not realizing that there's so many things that maybe we're not, we're just missing out in our own life because we're comparing it to other people. Yep. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So for someone who is like wanting to get started with, let's say telling the story of their own lives or even just unraveling some of that, those key moments that maybe wanting to dive deeper into meeting, but maybe might think I'm not a writer. (laughs) Where do I start? Like what is maybe just one or two pieces of advice of to help that individual who maybe even just be struggling with that comparison of thinking, I don't know what to say, or or, I don't feel that my story matters. Like, how could they get started? 
I think that the, the timing of that question couldn't be better because I just put together a course about starting that because I was getting a lot of questions about um, writing your own story. And I, I firmly believe that you don't have to have any desire to write publicly or publish a memoir, anything like that, to just want to gain more self-awareness mm-hmm. and um, direction in your life by writing down things that might be kind of floating around in the shadows in your mind, but that you just never quite really look at, you try to avoid, you've just gotten so used to suppressing them. Um, So many women feel like that. So the first step I would highly recommend is to just sit down with a journal or I recommend a journal and like pen and paper, but of course, whatever works for you and just write down like maybe 10 things, 10 transformation, transformational moments in your life. Just write, not like a story, just like a list of 10 transformational moments in your life. Just write down a list as many as you can, but not too many, because that could be overwhelming. I think 10 is a good Mm -hmm. number. And with that list, start one by one, like pick one and just start writing about it. And you can do so that you don't feel overwhelmed by it. You could do like 10 minutes a day. And and that's a whole nother discussion, like how to find time to write every day and how to find the inspiration to write every day. I find that when you start with a list, it makes it much easier. So when you sit down to write, you're not writing, you're you're not staring at a blank page, you're staring at this topic. I want to write about why the fourth grade was so, such a turning point in my life, right? And Maybe you've never sat down and wrote about that before. Maybe you've never even sat down and told anyone that before. Maybe it's just been something you've carried around inside that maybe you even forgot that your whole life changed in the fourth grade. And when you sit down and you just really allow yourself to write that story down, remembering the details, using your five senses, what did the fourth grade smell like at home or in your classroom? What did you see every day? you know, what color were you, what color, what what hairstyle were you wearing? Like things like that, when you sit and remember those memories and just writing them down and not worrying about grammar or trying to sound clever or sentence structure, but just literally just writing it down just to get the words out, to get the story out. It just starts a momentum and it starts um, an unraveling, like you said, of something that might've just been very tight in you that you didn't even realize it starts to unravel and more details and more of yourself that you may not have even realized was there starts to come out. And you can do that with each one, just taking your time, making it a personal project, like 10 minutes a day, I'm going to write these, these stories down. And when you write it without judging it, which I think is the hardest part for writers and non-writers is to not judge what you've written, whether you're judging you know, because you feel ashamed of something you have to write or you're judging the quality of your writing, whatever it is, that has to go. And you have to just open yourself up. That in itself is a transformational process, being able to open yourself up and write without inhibition, without that second, those, you have your first, they call it beginner's mind. Beginner's mind is completely open and non-judgmental, detached, just writing a story, almost like you're witnessing what happened and you're not you, right? Like you're just, you're detached from it. You're just writing down this story of what happened and you're this witness, right? And that's beginner's mind. Like you're just completely open to it and you're not judging it. A lot of us write from the, those, when those doubts start to come in and you start to say, oh, I can't write that. (laughs) Or, or maybe I want to write it so that it sounds like I didn't lie here but no you don't want to make any adjustments you just want to tell whatever 
whatever really happened. And that alone, for me, always along my path, the more honest I'm able to be in my writing as someone who is not as good at communication in person, it's helped me to be more honest in and more open in my day-to-day life and just talking to people and being being who I really am and get, getting rid of that mask that we all have developed over time. Um, being honest in my writing has helped me to show up more authentically in real life. So I think starting there and just sort of unpacking all of those, just all of us have those buttons inside of us that we're just so scared to push and through writing, you know, we can make that a little bit easier. That's, that's amazing exercises. And especially what I loved was what you mentioned about not judging yourself in that process Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I can also speak from experience that I like to self-edit and I always have to constantly push through that and that in itself is where I think a lot of the healing will come because Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. constantly fighting against perfectionism or that that desire to compare yourself like whatever you're writing is not going to you know a Toni Morrison novel right off the bat (laughs) I always tell myself like okay it's not a think piece it's not going to New York Times like just just talk about your feelings you know but but it's it's yeah just something really simple and just um also it sounds as if from those exercises and just how you were describing it is that you're writing with your senses like thinking about how things smelled or what you saw that day, what you wore that day, like it really will take you back into that place in that moment. So that's definitely something I'm going to um, spend some time (laughs) in reflection with. And I'll also link uh, more about the, that course, if you want to just maybe the share the name of it for folks who are want to. Sure, definitely. Um, It's a series of writing of two hour writing intensive. So the series is called the story of you. And each two-hour intensive is focused on a different aspect of writing your story. So that exercise comes from the first one, which is called Seasons. And that's where we will walk through the process of writing those. Um, it's sort of the beginning of if, if you really are intentional about writing your story, even just for yourself, right? It doesn't have to be something that you want to share with the world at all. Um, that's that's where we start. That's the starting point. So that's called The Story of You. And that particular intensive is called Seasons. Fantastic. Well, thank you for giving us a preview of that. Like, I think that's yeah. super powerful exercise. <laughs> thank you. So speaking of writing, so you've authored many books. Um, one that you've released recently, re-released recently, Wallflower. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So congrats on that. And, and we'll, we'll get to the next book that you're writing right now because I want to dive into that. But what mm-hmm. I love about Wallflower is that it was written for quiet women who want to be heard. And I resonate with that <laughs> so, mm-hmm. in such a big way, being an introvert, being someone who um, constantly has the you know, it's kind of fighting a battle of wanting to be heard, but also wanting to hide, (laughs) which I feel like some people do understand that desire of wanting to be seen, but also wanting to protect your peace. But I feel like there's also this tension of ensuring that you don't allow yourself to use protecting your peace or I'm an introvert be an excuse or a, a way of protecting yourself and using it as an excuse to hide. So yep. how do you find that balance even for yourself or even maybe advice that you'd give to folks who are kind of in that similar duality of seeing themselves as a quiet woman, wanting to step up in a bigger way, but feeling a little bit of that resistance that comes with it? 
I think that so many of us experience that. And the answer to it is to remember moderation, just like anything else. Like I really try to eat healthy, but I also love cake and Mm -hmm. I also love waffles and and chocolate. So I don't try to just not at all have chocolate. So yes, I really do love being by myself and just working on my own and keeping my, my precious things, whatever those things are, like thoughts, ideas, like my inner world. I, I really appreciate understanding myself and like not always having to or, you know, when you're by yourself, you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. You don't have to articulate anything. You get so much joy and satisfaction from just doing your own little things. But like you said, if there's a pull inside of you that is also saying, share this, you know, like connect, reach out, that's, that's not accidental. That's not something to ignore. That's just like you shouldn't ignore that pull that says, go be by yourself and recharge and create you have to also listen to that voice that says, now go out and connect, right? And it's like I mentioned earlier about intuition. It's trusting that. And sometimes you, I think the tension comes when we're not sure what we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Like I kind of, you know, don't want to get trapped in a comfort zone here. So I know for me that there are times where that balance does get off. If I'm too busy or I, I allow myself to say yes to too many things, then things start to suffer, my well-being, my mood starts to suffer, and I know I'm kind of out of outside of the pace that I know works for me. So I really have tried over time to learn what my needs are, what my boundaries are, how I need to space things out so that I can show up as my best self, right? Um, I think that a lot of women that resonate with my work are in that tension point where maybe they haven't burst out yet. They haven't allowed themselves to share um, whatever is inside inside of them, sort of nudging them to be shared and trying to figure out how to get away from those doubts and thoughts that say, just keep this to yourself because people might misunderstand you. People might twist whatever. They might disturb the, the, the peace or the, or the understanding you have of yourself. And that's relevant. Like, I mean, I think that our egos are there really trying to protect us but it, it when we when we give it to when we give our ego too much power then we end up missing out on another side of of this gift i think that i feel personally like i'm meant to sort of have this this deep inner world so that i can ultimately share it i feel mm. like that's what it's for you know and everybody has to come up with their own or or find their own why and their own belief and my why is I think that I'm super sensitive and super just, you know, imaginative in my own little world because there's something in me, there's something in me that God wants to share. And I don't always know what that's <laughs> going to be, but I, I just trust that. So, um, when I feel overwhelmed by sharing, then I pull back for a while and I stay to myself and I, and I, try to get back to my why and my trust and my faith and, and just trust the gift that you have, that gift that tells you to go be by yourself and that gift that tells you to go out and connect with people. Like if you can, you can really trust it. And we, sometimes we think it's going to go away or we're going to take too long and we're going to miss it and you can't miss it. It's not going anywhere. All you can do is just try to be as obedient as possible to it. But I definitely believe that if you feel that pull, that it's just a matter of trusting it and 
as I mentioned earlier as well, trying things, saying like, okay, I'm always going to be an introvert. I'm never really going to be someone who is like events every weekend, or I'm on Instagram and social media all day, every day. Like there's a certain way that I'm going to share my gifts that's going to be different from the next person. And that's okay. And in this world today, it's sometimes hard to stay in, in your in your own pace and in your own way of doing things when there's so many distractions and so many different ways that people are doing things. But that's why that self-discovery is so important so that you can find the best way to share what you have to share. Absolutely. Again, that theme of trust, intuition, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. self-awareness. That discernment is so Mm -hmm. important. It keeps coming back up. It really does. Yeah. It, It all comes back to that. So, now, today, you're working on a new book, um, mm-hmm. which, again, is very personal and is talking about your own mental health journey. So can you talk a little bit more about, like, what uh, the catalyst was for the creation of that book? Um, what's it going to be about? And what advice would you give to someone who's ready to also share something like a mental health journey that's deeply personal or any kind of story that's deeply personal? Right, right. Um, the, I think that what... The book is called Underneath for now, um, and it started off as me wanting to write down stories, as I mentioned earlier, and I said, okay, a great place to start is to write down sort of 10 transformational moments in your life, and I found myself wanting to kind of do that with my mom. I have, um, I had a unique childhood because my I grew up with a mother who suffered from a, at the time, it was an undiagnosed mental illness, and then when I was adult, we found out that it was schizophrenia, so... There's a lot of things I haven't dealt with. I, like I said, I didn't go to therapy or anything until I was 30 years old. I didn't really start acknowledging or even talking about these things until I was like well into adulthood. So wanting to unpack all of that, I found myself at a crossroads with my writing where I was writing things that felt really dark and um, I had been in the habit of feeling like my writing was more emotional, um, excuse me, inspirational, uplifting. And I was struggling with like, you know, I don't know if I should be sharing this because I don't want to bring people down. But I was, I think I personally was going through a depression because I was resisting. I'm not saying that that's what the depression is because of this, but I know that during that time of that depression, I was resisting what wanted to come out of me at the time. Yeah. So finally, I surrendered to that. And it turned out that just when I really sat down with my laptop or my journal and I just freestyle wrote, which is basically a method of just setting the timer on your clock and, you know, for 10 minutes or whatever, and just write, trying to write down your stream of consciousness in your mind and and just really write down what's on my mind right now. I'm just going to write. I'm just going to literally write my thoughts down. And it was always about my mom. And it was always stories about my mom. And it was always worries about it, it was always related to that situation and I looked over my my work not just my work that I've shared but also my private things that I've never shared and I hadn't really written about my mom that much like a little bit but not really not really like I said earlier writing down the stories you know um what was the first write down the story of my mom's first episode what day was it what were we doing that day what happened that day I had never done that and when I did that oh my gosh, like, I was like, I have to, I have to keep doing this. I have to mm-hmm. keep writing down as many memories as I can. Um, another thing that triggered that also was I have three kids and they're just now starting to get my older two, 
one is 12 and one is 16 and then my baby is eight. But my older two are just getting to the point where I'm starting to tell them a little bit more about my childhood. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's so much I haven't told them. So it also inspired me to write it all down for them so that they would always have that to know because they don't really know their grandmother and they don't really know what my upbringing was like um, because it was just such a hard thing for me to, I did, you know, it has you have to tell them in an age appropriate way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I thought, you know, this is another, that was another push for me to go ahead and get these stories out. So I decided to make it into a book and in the process of writing it and working on it, just taking my time very slowly, I realized that so much of my own mental health journey is connected to my my mother's and my childhood. And I'm seeing so many parallels in my later adult life to hers. And so now it's it's there's still stories about my mom in there definitely but it's more like my journey now like and it's about the connection to my community and i live in a time where mental health for um minorities and particular black people is at least starting to be talked about and it wasn't at all when i was a kid so being part of that time also is an inspiration for me to go ahead and write it like i could help just a couple of essays that i've published um online um, I did one for Exogene, I think probably in like 2013. And then I recently published an article um, on Shondaland.com. And when you write about something like that, you're always going to get feedback from people all over the world that are like, oh my gosh, like I thought I was the only one, you know, not mm-hmm. I thought I was the only one because nowadays, again, it is talked about more, but, you know, I rarely meet another person who's mom, you know, grew up with a schizophrenic mom and your story yeah. sounds so much like mine and that really made me realize, like, this isn't just for me. This is for my community. Like, this is so that somebody can read this book and realize that they're not alone. And that and that reading the memoirs and the stories of other people dealing with mental illness, whether it's their own or a family member's, has helped me tremendously. And that, too, inspired me to, to add my story to the bunch. I'm like, this has been so helpful to me to just get a better understanding. I used to try to read scientific articles about mental illness and I just never, like, <laughs> it's just not my, you know, yeah. it's like it, it can help you understand from a science perspective what's going on, but that's not going to real. that didn't really help me with healing. Yes. What helps me with healing is attaching that story to it. Like, okay, I get it has to do with, you know, um, chemical imbalance in the brain and all these things. And I, and, and I get that, but, then what does your life look like? How, what does your life and your family and how does this affect people? And how does the, you know, that's what I really cared about. And I didn't start reading stories of other people with mental illness until probably the last like five years. And that's been life-changing for me. So wanting to add to that story also motivated me to, to start getting this down. And I feel like there was another aspect to your question that I left out. What did I, what did I? Oh yeah, no worries. So the second part of the question was like, so for someone who's also in uh, the process of wanting to even explore their own story, even if it's not for the purpose of publicly sharing it or, or publishing a book, but how do you deal with those emotions that might come up um, when you're unraveling maybe some things that um, might be a little bit more difficult or were, were challenging? I think it's really important to practice self-care when you're going through something like that and to acknowledge it for what it is. It, it's, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to write down a gratitude list or I'm going to write down 
what I did today just because I like to write and I'm going to write it down. No, like some of, like you said, some of these memories can be really painful and it can be, put you in a bad place. Like sometimes I do, I told my girlfriend the other day, like, I don't know if writing, there've been times where I'm, I'm working on that book and I just, it put me in just such a like sunken place, yeah. like, and you know, almost like you have to get into a zone mm-hmm. to, to do this writing. And sometimes it's hard to snap back out of it. So I think it's really important to practice self-care and to prepare yourself and to really commit and say, you know, I'm not going to take this lightly. I'm not going to tell myself, oh, this is just going to be this easy thing. I'm just going to write this down. No, I'm going to create like a ritual around it. And I'm going to dedicate this time, whatever this amount of time is, and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do things that are comforting to me. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to have a cup of tea while I write. I'm going to limit the amount of time that I sit here and go into this place. And I'm going to set an alarm and I'm going to stick to that guideline. And when it's done, I'm going to go do something that makes me really happy, watch a TV show that makes me laugh. Um, Maybe have someone in your corner that you can talk to about it, that you can, you know, share without worrying about them being overbearing and just just to be a sympathetic ear as you're going through it, because not everyone's going to understand, even in my household, um, I could get in a bad mood sometimes after (laughs) after I write. And, you know, my son would just say, like, I thought writing is supposed to make you feel better. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's like a zone you get into that's just a little bit hard to snap out, almost like an actor getting into character and just taking a little bit of time to get back to their normal self after, you know, playing a role or or having a difficult scene where they had to go to a really dark place or a scary place. Um, It's it's similar to that. And I think that we need to, to... to honor that and, and to, um, replenish yourself afterwards and, and to not be afraid of it and realize that it's just like, you know, going to, to therapy or anything else, you know, um, it's going to hurt a little bit. It's, you know, you go to exercise, you're sore after, but you know, it's a good sore and you know that you're, that you're making your body's getting that, that pain you feel that soreness is your body getting stronger and healthier. So it's, if you look at it like that, it's nothing to be afraid of. And you're working your way through difficult things and you're being brave. So you have to tell yourself that and remember, like, look at what I'm doing for myself. Like, I'm not running away from this. I'm facing it. I'm doing it in a really positive and and creative and constructive way. And then you should feel good about that. So it's just, you know, I think we need to admit to ourselves that everything that is uncomfortable isn't wrong or to be avoided. We have to walk through that discomfort and know that it's going to broaden us in the long run. Fantastic advice, especially about the importance of self-care for yourself Mm -hmm. in that process. Mm -hmm. So definitely wish you well in that process for yourself as you're working through your book. And thank uh, you. You're welcome. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to end with our last segment, which I I like to call unfiltered chat, which is just a few lightning round questions. Okay. So first one is what is one book or podcast that you're enjoying right now? Oh, right now I'm reading, um, swing time by Zadie Smith. And, um, I grabbed it at the library. I think I renewed it like two or three times already. It might be overdue now. It's it's one of her her most recent novel. It's really thick. And she just has a very rich way of writing that it takes me a while to read her books. And sometimes she makes references. A lot of it happens in Europe. And a lot of times she makes references that I have to look up. I don't know what she's talking about. But I think it's always good to read 
authors that challenge you a little bit, mm. right? Like, you know, not only just the way she uses language and that she's a great writer, but like, I don't, un- I, I, I don't understand all of um, her references. So that forces me to kind of grow a little bit to be able to really grasp. And I think that without me realizing it, that helps me with my writing as well. So I'm reading it not just for pleasure, but also <laughs> kind of like as a student, you know? Like, yeah, that's a great tip. I've heard that to yeah. become a better writer, like be a, like read, be a, a reader. <laughs> so. yes, be a reader and pick out writers that really resonate with you, that you admire some aspect of their, of their writing that you think that can help you. Right. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. So what is maybe something that you struggle with or that you might find challenging that people think comes easy to you? Mm, Probably just the business part of what I do. Mm. I really am a sort of flaky, artsy kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of wish I just had a fairy godmother to handle all of the business aspects of things because I honestly, honestly still have to like, really structure, be careful about structuring my life and my business and the finances and the analysis of everything and making sure all my T's are crossed and I's are dotted. And it's, it's not my strength at all, but it's something that is part of all of this. And I work at it just like anything else. And I think that that's not a reason for a long time. I told myself that was a reason not to do this because Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to mess it up. I'm terrible at like, (laughs) at, you know, keeping, track of all these things but it's worth it and it, it, and to to grow in abundance in any way you have to challenge yourself to do things to do things that are outside of your comfort zone and you know and I want to grow so you just got to face those things that you're not good at yes definitely the theme of this episode <laughs> yes <laughs> um if you could give yourself one piece of advice to your younger self what would it be be yourself Stop trying to put on all these different faces for everybody. Stop trying to please everyone and just be yourself. I still have to tell myself Yes, me that. too. <laughs> the constant <Literally>. battle. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this again? You have to, like, catch yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, second last question is, um, outside of your accomplishments and titles, what is something that you wish everyone knew about you that they may not already know? Hmm. Outside of my work, right? Yeah. That people don't know about me. Everybody knows I have three kids. I guess like just the type of mom I am. I mean, everybody knows I have kids, I think, but I don't write about my kids a lot. And I don't write about my family life with them very often. And that's something that I'm kind of holding on to for now. I think that in my later life, I will share about motherhood way more but you know how they say, like, oh, it's hard to write about it when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, I don't, I write about it a little bit for myself because I just, I know how memory is and I don't want to forget things and, you know, like our, our family legacy and just things like that. I have my plans for how I want my kids to be able to, like, read my, you know, letters to them that I wrote to them when they were kids, whenever they're adults. But I don't share a lot of that right now. Um I think it's just too personal for me right now, but there might come a day where I decide that I want to write more about motherhood. Um, But for now, I just say I have kids and I might mention them every now and then, but I'm not going to get too detailed on it right now. That's something I just keep for myself. 
Yeah, and that's great. Again, it goes back to that discernment of when yes. the time is right, and exactly. and maybe it may never be. So that's that's great too. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. And my last question is, what is bringing you joy right now? I think what's bringing me joy right now is being in a really healthy place, um, creatively. Just just life design, I guess I'll say. Um, for a while there, let's see, was it 2018? 2016 was pretty tough. And then 2017 was very tough. I was just emotionally and mentally very all over the place, feeling constantly overwhelmed, um, in and out of depression. My dad passed last year and, um, business wise, just feeling like I was in a bit of a rut. Um, particularly in 2017, I felt like I was in a bit of a rut. I wasn't making the progress I wanted to make on the book all of that. And I think that we need to just have faith and be patient. Again, the themes through the, through the call today, um, through those times, because those times are going to come. It's a cycle. You're going to find lots of clarity and direction. And and a lot of questions are going to be answered at certain seasons of your life. And then you're going to have those seasons where it's all questions and it seems like it's all doubts and it just, everything seems like overwhelmingly just demanding, but yet uncertain. And that's what 2017 was for me. So I'm just really joyful that I'm in a place now where I feel like I'm coming out of that. And so many things that after still life is still full of uncertainty, but the, the path and the direction that I'm on feels clear right now. And that's something to celebrate because I know that that does not last forever. And I feel re-inspired for my, for my work. And I feel re-inspired on you know, what I need to do for my family. And that feels really good because that was something that was really stressing me out um, in 2017. So I'm just taking it one day at a time. You know, the the climate that we live in right now is very stressful. Mm -hmm. So I'm just always, every day, my goal is to find those pockets of just to enjoy myself. I'm 40 years old and I literally the other day, Siobhan told my girlfriend, like, I feel like I've forgotten how to have fun. Like I'm always trying to coordinate yes. fun for other people or like make, you know, I'm, I'm always so worried about making sure everything's in place and just, you know, you can let all of your anxieties and doubts take, steal all the fun out of even wonderful things, you know? So my word for this year is to have fun, enjoy, like, you know, we went to the beach a couple of weeks ago and I made a really strong point to make sure I had fun and that I let go and I wasn't constantly being a mother hen and just nitpicking and organizing and cleaning and just sit back and have fun. So that's really important as you go through life and as you go through different phases of your life and there's a lot of pressure and we all have our goals and we all have things that, that are not perfect, but we have to find the fun or we're just going to get old too fast. We can't have that. No. <laughs> And that's such a perfect last note to end on in terms of the importance of just have fun, find the joy, yeah. remember yeah. to to embrace all of the moments that we're having. They all have meaning. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Gigi. I'm so happy that you're also in a good space right now and that you are, you know, using your own experiences to help empower and elevate other women to find the meaning in their lives as well. So thank you so much for helping us better unravel our own story. Thank you for having me today. I love talking about it. And anytime 
you want to talk about this kind of topic, I'm always going to say yes. Because I Thank you. All day. Me too. <laughs> we might have to do like a part two of just unraveling things a bit more. So many other questions. So thank you so much for, for talking today. And um, for folks who are looking to learn more about you, uh, can you share a little bit on how we can connect? Definitely. My website where you can access all of my courses and my books and my essays and content is allthemanylayers.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at GGReneeWrites. That's G-G-R-E-N-E-E Writes. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Gigi. And thanks for everyone for listening to this episode today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. If you're committed to doing this work, if you want to step up in a bigger way, you have to let yourself be seen. It's not enough to sit on the sidelines, to hide behind being an introvert or an extrovert. You have a story that's important to share and it's important that people get to hear it. Gigi Renee Hill left us with so many gems and so many moments of introspection. And I hope that you were inspired by her words today and it motivates you to dive deeper into your own story and to find ways where you will step out of the shadows and stop hiding. And this is definitely something that I'm telling myself as well. Now, my goal with this podcast is not only to share inspiring stories, but to help you, my listeners, to also level up your actions and your beliefs. So we're at that time where we share a couple of introspective, reflective questions that will help inspire you to unravel your own perceptions and beliefs. Now, today's questions were inspired by the amazing Gigi Renee Hill and what she shared with us in today's episode. Now, question number one, where do you feel pulled to share or be more open in your life? And what is holding you back from doing so? Question two, what would your life look like if you stopped hiding? And how would that feel? And our last question, what will you do today to feel joy and have fun? Now, I would love to know how this reflection practice goes for you. So please connect with me on Instagram on Filtered Perceptions. And you can also reach out to me on Twitter at Siobhan John. And let me know how it goes for you. I am super excited and so grateful for folks who have been listening into the podcast and who have been leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Your reviews, your mentions, your comments mean so much to me. And I really hope that our episodes continue to inspire you on your personal journey. You've been listening to Filtered Perceptions, a podcast that unravels our complicated perceptions about its success and achievement by sharing unfiltered stories of growth and grace. Hosted by me, Siobhan John. Now, if you were inspired or enjoyed today's episode, I would really love if you took a moment to share it with a friend. 
And I would so appreciate if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us to reach a broader audience and it's a great way for you to show your support. For show notes from this episode, including a list of resources that were mentioned from our interview and also uh, the reflection questions, please visit filteredperceptions.co. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.